Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Evil Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here for years. <laughs> How old was that? Like I've cool been here for he years. His, when he How had his comeback? He? Yeah, he was like, what, 28? Something like that? At, yeah, at the most. You're Let right, me Mike. That's, done, a young, that's a young comeback. A young comeback. Yeah. Had he done Jumanji yet is my question. I would say he was 23. Oh, my God. Maybe 24 cool. at the max. James, you could call yourself LL Cool J because you no, know what he means. was freaking twenty-two. During that's mom, bullshit. Mama said, "Knock you out." Mama, LL Cool J was in. James, Jumanji? why don't you call yourself LL Cool J too, <clears throat> or the Canadian LL Cool? I think J. so. James, you know what LL Cool J stands stands for? Ladies I hope, love don't you? Cool James. So why don't you call <gasps> yourselves Maple LL Cool J? I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I am. Oh, you're the Canadian LL Cool J. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, oh, can I? Uh, then I'm the Canadian Easy E. Oh, oh well, wait, here's, no, I don't want to be the Canadian Easy. <laughs> here's toys. <laughs> toys. He's in the movie Toys with Robin Williams, not Jumanji. Right. Well, you made a mistake. Mm. Um, I certainly did. Here's he what was still I would, in his twenties during Toys. I'm sure. I, Sorry, my, James. <laughs> We're on Zencaster today, everybody. That's why it's... It's the episode where we all talk over each other, and it's never been better. <laughs> Zencaster. In my case, LL Cool J would stand for Listeners Love Cool James because it would become my podcast name. And interestingly, most of our listeners are men. I don't know that, that we even know that. <laughs> but it's I'm good. ML Cool C. Men love cool Chris. <laughs> and I am um, HLMB. Humans love Michael B. Nice. Um, I'm HJ cool J. Handjob cool jizz. Call him a comeback. I've been getting hand jobs for years. <laughs> it's a guy who's getting his first hand job for a long time. Oh, is this and, your and first hand job? <laughs> no. And in the video, you're in a boxing ring, just like LL Cool yeah. J, getting a hand job. Have I had a hand job recently? No, but I used to all the time, and I'm starting to again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm back. Get it's a like, hand job. <laughs> it's like a 40-year-old guy who hasn't gotten a hand job since he was like in his teens or 20s. Yeah. Zip unzips his pants. <laughs> Whoop. Hand goes around the erect penis. Oh. Oh. Don't call it a hand job. Come back. <laughs> been, uh, you know what? It's been a long time since I've seen a boxing match that ended with hand jobs. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, I think different um, era. Yeah, the uh, Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor one did a few years ago, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, prior to that, I think it was yeah Tyson Buster Douglas. So in the Nintendo rare. game, Mike Tyson's Punch Out, that was how you defeated Mike Tyson if you made it to that 
like the final stage of the right. Game. It was as the way to go. You had to go. Yeah. Oh, and you know, remember the old Nintendo controller and you had to tap that A button? I think A was the hand yes. job button. Mm-hmm. And you're going, ah, my mm-hmm. thumb is killing me here, jerking off uh, Mike Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember yeah. um, that theme carried on into Excite Bike and Super Mario Brothers as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Excite Bike. You get extra points if you jerk off while you're riding the bike. <laughs> while you go for jumps, you jerk off before you land. <laughs> Last episode was excellent. But Mike, I'm going to give you a little peek behind the scenes. Our whole podcast is about peak behind the scenes, in my opinion. Mm, absolutely. Um, it, we're very bare naked on this podcast and on our Discord. But I want to say that Mike was like, maybe we should try to not do <laughs> Talk dick about stuff dicks. right off the top. And then this <laughs> yeah. we shouldn't just begin back. each episode with I, 20, uh, 27 minutes about our dicks. Mike, maybe that I, would be, I, I know uh, where Mike, you're coming from, but we really just rocked it with the HJ. And, and you know what? I love Mike. He's a wonderful guy. I, I disagree. I disagree. I think we should talk about dicks as I think we should feel it. Whatever's whatever we're feeling. I know what Mike's saying though too. It's, it's the, the undiscovered time, country it's of funny. comedy. It's the last subject that anyone has ever joked about, and we're the first ones. But the penis people, really is the taboo. But I bet people listening are just going, ah ha ha, these guys not going, ah, really? Dicks again? I might switch over to stop podcasting yourself. You know? Which is also oh. a great podcast, and they should. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so there so you we're have Zen, it. We're recording remotely today <laughs> because Mike may have been exposed to some Winnipeg-style COVID when he was in Winnipeg. Yes. Mike, did you, you test your ass? Did you test Nasty your ass today? COVID. What's that? Did you test your ass? I did. I tested my ass. It's a new type of test for COVID and it was negative. But what <laughs> happened is that I was in Winnipeg over the weekend, Winnipeg, Manitoba. <clears throat> uh, the crown or the jewel in Canada's crown of cities. And then uh, I was there um, for the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Had a great time. And then I hung out with old comedy friend Darren Springer. We caught up. Uh, it was nice to see him. He, I brought, I snuck him into the the after party, <laughs> so he was around all the comedians there. You must, and that's then a yesterday, real, a baller move, Mike. Baller I'll move. Yeah, the, yeah. Were you? I'll sneak you into the after party. Just come, come yeah, on. Yeah. I'm Belazzo. Oh, I can get you in, dude. I was like, don't worry, baby. I'll sneak you in. And then, um, okay. he posted on Instagram yesterday a curious image of a COVID <clears throat> test with two lines, and he said, if you've been around me in the past week, you might want to test yourself because I just got COVID, and so we couldn't. Meet oh, up and in you person. were around. Him like right in his face. Yes. Yeah, we mm, shared a milkshake yeah, with one straw, and uh, my milkshake brings all the viruses to the yard. <laughs> <laughs> and so we could not meet in person uh, to record Evil Men because of the fear of of disease. Mm. Well, James and I have such busy <clears throat> lives that yeah, COVID would yes. screw screw us up for us. Mm-hmm. So thanks for, but you know, and it's got. Like, I don't want to get COVID from Mike. <laughs> And I don't want to get it from my old friend, Darren. And I hope Darren is doing well. Uh, I hope he isn't having too hard of a time with Mr. C. And also congratulations <laughs> uh, on, from what I heard, you both you and Jackie Pirico killed at the Burton Cummings Theater live in front of a packed house TV taping stand-up 
set. It was, thank you, Chris. It was really fun. Jackie and I both had great sets. And uh, the only bad thing is that Mr. Cummings himself wasn't there after we walked off stage to shake our hands, give us a big kiss on the lips. Here's another fact. Um, Winnipeg for a while was considered, uh, going to be considered for um, Canada's uh, capital capital of Canada, the city. Really? Yeah. Because it's like a train <clears throat> junction for all kind yeah. of east-west right. coast trade. Uh, so, yeah, it was kind of an important city for a minute. Still important, Winnipeg. But, you know. And I, I want to say. it's not too late to make it yeah. the capital. Yeah. It's it's worth the trek to Winnipeg, in my opinion. Maybe yeah. the Winnipeggers should start a civil war to move the capital. You know? I would. Yeah, that's great that's cool. Tension. That's worth okay. a Would you that's fight and risk your life? I would risk I my life. I definitely would. Yeah, to make Winnipeg the capital of Canada. <laughs> I, would, I would kill. That's a worthy cause. Any number I would risk of my life just yeah. to experience killing other people in a war. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the one <laughs> experience worth that people it. of our generation, we didn't get to experience that. And that's why the art and novels and music of you know our lifetime isn't as good. It's totally true. We didn't get to be like we didn't get to come home from a war at 25 way more hardened and you know all our cynicism and bitterness is for really lame reasons now like yeah. um uh you know there's all kinds of different spider-men now <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, if, if if people of our generation had had to fight in a war we wouldn't care about Guardians of the Galaxy and She-Hulk. <laughs> That's our war. Um, okay. I want to take a, uh, I just noticed something here. Twitter is like still fucking rocking in May of 2023. Think of all those years. Twitter has been the best, uh, uh, social media website, eh? Like still Mm -hmm. number Mm -hmm. one, nothing's wrong with it. Totally a fun site to be on May, 2023. And I'll tell you, I saw this tweet just before we connected, I want to see, I want to read it to you guys because I feel like it applies to all three of us and how we feel about podcasting, how we feel about our comedy careers. Do you guys mind if I share it? Please, it's a, please read a tweet. It's nice. It, thanks. It's a tweet by Ice-T and yes. it's got a huge picture of him wearing his classic fedora and shades with a very serious face with his little scruffy Mustache and goatee, classic iced tea, looking <laughs> you dead down the center of the camera, you know? Yeah. And it says, people watch my hustle and say, you've got enough. Why don't you just stop? They don't understand that working is what keeps me alive and focus. When I'm not productive, I feel physically sick. Oh, and no. then hashtag hustlers mentality. But because there's an apostrophe after hustler with the S... S mentality is not <laughs> highlighted with the rest of the hashtag. <laughs> but anyways, the point's still there. So yeah, yeah. only hustler is really hashtagged, and then mentality is in regular type. Chris, do you well, feel that way? Like if you don't, if you aren't productive, you literally become physically sick if you're not like grinding if every I day. Stop working. I fucking puke. <laughs> 
and I have to stay in bed for 24 hours. So everybody who's watching yeah. me hustle, that's what mm-hmm. it is, dude. It's not that I wake up with a conscious hustle, like, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, I should do this. I should do that. I agree fully with iced tea. Mm-hmm. It's just me. I yeah. have to do it. I'm like a shark. I have mm-hmm. to move forward or else I fucking... Uh, barf and get sick. <laughs> I'm imagining Ice T having like a two week vacation from work, and suddenly, like Coco, his wife, having to call the ambulance to rush him to the hospital because he feels physically sick from not being productive. And they're like, "This yeah. man, who, this <laughs> man needs a job un- quickly." <laughs> yeah. beer, he had an unproductive beer, morning. Yeah. Ice T in an ambulance. <laughs> yeah, because he stopped. He needs to have a test. I slept till ten, man. Yeah. He needs a project. <laughs> All respect due to Ice-T, Coco, and uh, their child. Like, they're very public, very online family, and totally inspirational, hustle, all that. Ice-T's been going, like, for decades. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. But on a side, just to us Mm. dudes, um, have you seen, like, Coco's posed nude a lot? Have you seen that by any chance? (laughs) Um, Um, I have not. Oh, I've seen okay. bikini pics, but not. I oh, have okay. seen Ice T yeah. often tweets like, "You think I'm? You must think I'm crazy if I'm not horny for her." Basically, and it's a sexy yeah. photo of Coco. He does a lot of that. Like, my wife's making me horny. Basically, that's another way that he's inspirational. <clears throat> and uh, and and you're right. He's very um he's very transparent about being horny for his wife on twitter <laughs> oh shit was that <laughs> was that an inspiration for you chris because i find a lot of your ethos is that you own being a horny man and it's okay and maybe this was like your your muse to to that inspired you to feel that way or, or express so now that. We're, yeah so now we're really getting into the oh, gritty yeah. here mm-hmm. uh, on how much iced tea has affected my life good call james but yeah Thank you. so like for everybody that is a huge fan of evil men podcast and a follower of mine um they like or i an said lover and knows how much rhyme pays um yeah i I when you see me posting pictures of my wife like in a bikini standing beside me and I'm wearing a fedora and a suit and I'm pointing at her ass that I'm totally lifted that from Ice T's <laughs> social media presence. Oh wow. Well they say there are no new ideas under the sun. <laughs> yeah. That is kind of your thing on Instagram wearing a fedora and a three-piece suit and pointing at asses. Yeah. You played yourself. <laughs> oh my god! No, but honestly, <clears throat> I, I follow Ice T on Twitter. It's awesome. He's yeah, awesome. no disrespect. He is one of the few good ones. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. disrespect. Remember, like, remember, like a while ago. Um. Oh no! It might have been when was it when Dave Shumka was on? We were talking about how scary. <laughs> Uh, MC Hammer is in real life? No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Were you not there, James? I forget was who it just... was, but we no, did was... talk about that. I forget yeah. this. Uh, Maybe I was well, in a fantasy. Well, anyways. Um, Ice, Ice-T doesn't seem as scary as MC Hammer in, in regards to the old school dudes. <clears throat> he seems like one of them. Mm-hmm. I know that MC Hammer was a Oakland Athletics bat boy as a child. That's probably cool. a big baseball guy like me. Instant, instant connection if him and I were to ever meet. Can't touch this. <clears throat> yes, I can touch that hammer. It's my baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Mark McGuire. <laughs> yes, I can touch it, hammer. <laughs> Give it. 
Um, Can't touch this. (laughs) (laughs) You are watching Can't Touch This Baseball. (laughs) Um, Can't touch this. (laughs) I have to. Never mind. I have. Yeah. Uh, So now let's do a round of. Weird or way cool or whatever. So, um, guys, I actually don't have a weird way cooler or whatever this week, but I, but James, on the dis- mm, we've already mm. played the theme song. What are we doing here? <laughs> oh, Mike, don't worry. Shh. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I actually made a section of the discord where people could put their own weird way cools or whatevers. And, uh, maybe we'd pick some and say them on the podcast. So I'm going to read, uh, one or two. Weird way cool or whatever's from our listeners. Oh, these sickos. Sound good? I can't wait to hear their weird way cool or whatever's. Um, okay. Uh, give me one second, Mike. I'm sorry. Perhaps you can snip this. Um, I'm going to find a first one here. Snippity-doo. Snippity-dee. Oh, one moment. I'm sorry. I should have prepared this better. Do you guys know what a memento mori is? Yes, it's a reminder of death, like the skull that you keep on your Ooh. desk to remind you that the one inevitability, day. The inevitability, Memento the inevitability of this. <laughs> I guess that's what my tattoo is. It's my and memento why mori. Why does anyone want to be reminded of death? Well, I have a tattoo that's like a, my memento mori now. Okay, here's a quick one from a listener. <laughs> the listener writes. Keep that in. The listener writes What's the this name? Is ter- What's the name? Well, I don't know if I should say their names Okay I mean, well, Are I they can. all fake handles? Are they handles or are they real I mean, names? it's a fake handle Yeah let's hear, the, let's hear the fucking handle The listener writes This is terrible I found a <laughs> wallet on the street on Danforth Instead of returning it directly I chucked, uh, I chucked it in the library return box Hoping the librarians will take care of it is that weird? Way cooler, whatever. That's a good one. That's a really good one, I think. You found a wallet and you're like, I don't want to deal with this. So you put it in the library return box. Hmm. I think that's, uh, it's definitely not the most moral thing, but I think that's cool. Kind of. Cool to uh, offload your moral dilemma to a librarian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give them a little extra to worry about. Right. I'm going to think, I'm going to say it's, um, I guess if you're in a hurry and you don't have the time to like look through the wallet and find, track down the person, I don't think Would it's you way do that, cool. Michael? I ask you, Michael, I ask you. Well, the last time I, so in high school when I worked at a movie theater, I once was cleaning up the theater after like a showing of like Twister or something and <laughs> Great uh, movie. found a wallet. It had $400 in it. $400. I hope you kept it. I turned it in to my manager. And then the, but I did have a a moment of dilemma where I had like an angel, a demon and a sexy mini lady (laughs) on my shoulder uh, also. uh, And I was like, what do I do? And I handed it in to my manager. And then the person came back to collect it and didn't even have the fucking courtesy to say thank you to me. And then I was like, I should have kept it. Um, then a few years ago, I found a driver's license on the ground and I actually had to look up the person and try and contact them. I emailed them on you LinkedIn. You stalked them for a bit, right? I stalked her and <laughs> I met up with her in person and gave her back 
her driver's license, but I had to contact her through LinkedIn of all things. Oh, weird. And she gave me an LCBO gift certificate. See, that's nice. Like if I could just jump in, you found a guy's wallet for $400. He doesn't even say thank you. If that was me, first of all, I would say thank you so much. And I would have given you like 50 bucks minimum, maybe even a hundred. I got nothing. The fuck? Yeah. So, so what, but what do you think with our listeners? Maybe he was that, a gangster. Oh, yeah. With that kind of money in his wallet. <laughs> Time to go to the movie with my $400. <laughs> um, I just I, got $400 uh, for whacking a guy. I'm going to go watch <laughs> Twister. <laughs> with the, with the uh, soundtrack by Eddie Van Halen. Um, I think it's whatever, actually. The library thing. I think it's weird. Oh my God, this is amazing. We had all three answers. You wouldn't do that. Hey, Chris, you wouldn't have just dumped it on the librarians. I would, yeah, I would, uh, no, I, yeah, I guess I would try to do the, because I, yeah, I think I have like, I have, I have, I've also returned a wallet to a person who lost their wallet and they were nice and they gave me a reward and I did not expect that actually. I was like, oh. You're an honest person and a moral person, I would say, Chris. I've, oh. I've found, I think I've mentioned this before, I've found money just scattered on the street. And, you know, you spot it and you have this thrill moment of like, I could take that money. Granted, the money was blowing around by a person who was just uh, recently shot in the head, right, James? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this has actually happened to me tw- at least twice. <laughs> I found money blowing around a dead body. <laughs> I found money blowing around in this guy's pocket who was like asleep. Um, <laughs> I, uh, but I pick up the money. This has happened to me twice. And then you really just want to take it and walk. But you, I do the move. I look around and shrug like, whose is this really performatively? So that if anyone was watching me, they'd know. I guess he had a moment of wanting to give it back. But he took it. <laughs> I know you told me. You yeah. told me uh, that you, you do the like, huh? Look mm. around. Or you, I think you may have told us. You do the look yeah, around. Yeah, I think like, I mentioned huh? it. Well. Yeah. I guess well, I have I to take it. What else wallet, am I to do? Well, I found a wallet once and the person made me meet them at the second cup, which is a Canadian coffee franchise i don't know if they're still around yeah they are in uh canada and uh oh yeah to meet them in a neutral place um and uh i got a chocolate latte frappe chocachino or whatever they're called (laughs) (laughs) what are they called (laughs) mocha latte and then uh and i got a ginger cookie And I'm just like loving it. And the person shows up and I go, here's your wallet. And uh, I undo the top button of my button down (laughs) and show them my... uh... Anyways, I asked them if they wanted to have sex. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, no, thanks for the wallet. And they gave me 20 bucks and ran away. That's, That's a great story. Yep. Um, do, well, that's do how we kind wanna, I am. I have another weird way cool here. Do we want to do it or save it for next time? Since, yeah, let's hear uh, another one of these freaks um, submissions. Okay. And I want the handle well, this time. I want to hear the name. Okay, this person gave me permission. You can't handle the handle. <laughs> this person gave me permission, so I feel comfortable saying it's our friend Ennis, who is on the Discord. Uh- <gasps> Uh, so I'll read what Ennis wrote here. It's a bit long, so I might uh, truncate it a little bit. But um, Truncate it, please. 
Dennis said that he was on a FaceTime with his family and his grandma and his aunt and his dad are on the FaceTime. And he told them that he was considering a vasectomy. Wait, and sorry, who was on the call? Ennis talking over FaceTime with his grandma, aunt, and dad. <laughs> okay. And, and, he, and Ennis is considering the vasectomy. <laughs> yes, and Ennis is going, guys, I might get a vasectomy, essentially. And they speak in Turkish. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a bit chaotic, he's saying. And... Um, yeah, they're like, what are you up to this week? And he says to them in Turkish, I'm going to go to the doctor because I might get a vasectomy. Uh, and he's kind of saying, like, look, I don't want, you know, I just don't want kids. Um, it's just not interesting to me. But they had all these questions for him. <laughs> they're going, what does your girlfriend say to this? And he's like, she doesn't care. And they go, what if my father wants a grand or what if your father wants a granddaughter? And he's like, it's fine. They asked him, are you concerned with your legacy? Um uh, so anyway, well, long I'm story short, Ennis's legacy hmm. is already all the wonderful TV and film roles he has done. Absolutely, he's like better a, and more worthwhile than any child. It's already firmly planted in the collective consciousness. Ennis is literally in in my books in the Canadian Actor Hall of Fame. I'm not even kidding. That guy's in every show, and he's really mm-hmm. good. When yeah, I, whenever I have an audition, I ask Ennis for tips, and he's really good. Yeah, I would kidding. say Ennis is gin- sincerely up there with um, Kim Coates from Sons of Anarchy. Hell yes, hell yes. Imagine a Kim Coates, Ennis Esmer, like, I don't know, buddy cop movie or something, or just their Ennis show Featuring together? Featuring the evil men guys in great yes. roles, too. Come on. You know what? Ennis loves us. He loves the pod. He's a big time actor. Why doesn't some somebody out there put us in a show with Ennis? Because he's a star and, we, you know, he likes us. We all have good chemistry. I'm actually mad at Ennis now like his family is. What about your legacy? Our legacy, Ennis? Help us. Yeah. yeah. Think about us for once before you think about uh, a vasectomy. And by the way, I just looked at the And also, Ennis is a word. very generous patron subscriber, uh, FYI. No, 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 don't. I don't want you to sugarcoat this, James. <laughs> I just want to say, uh, I also looked up uh, the Turkish word for vasectomy. It's very interesting. It's vasectomy. <laughs> okay. Well, oh. you know what? It's, you could kind of figure that out. Anyway. I will so say, Ennis, the, mm. the, to me, I'm just going to say that the presence of his... I can see you having this conversation with your father. The aunt starts to get a little interesting. The grandmother... Mm-hmm. You lost me, Ennis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, grandma, aunt, and dad. Yeah. So Some by things you, we don't you're, tell you're grandmother. On team. <laughs> so by, you're I on might get my scrotum cut, and cut open, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to imagine myself telling... Either of my grandmothers that I was going to have some balls. Oh my dick god! Operation. Uh, yeah, I don't think it would happen. Yeah, I think it's a bit weird, Ennis. I apologize. I love you, buddy, but maybe yeah, the whole like what Mike's saying, the whole family. I'm not sure if I would. I just yeah, be like, the oh, hell you is know, this? this weekend I'm probably going to go for a walk <laughs> outside. Yeah, it's like, hey, how are you doing? I was Toronto. Not bad. I might get a vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say something too? Uh, you can. I famously, uh, I have about famously amongst five, I maybe have five fans for my stand-up comedy. No. I have a bit about having a vasectomy that I did on for my Crave special, which Crave has tucked in the corner of their little uh, streaming service there. Captain about Bones. About getting a... 
Captain Bones about getting a vasectomy. And I did get a vasectomy after my two daughters were born. Um, and I had kids. And your dick has been never been better. Like, I just say that as your friend since. It's uh, genuinely... Um, Post vasectomy is the best sex life I've ever had because all that shit's gone now. All that, and worry. I don't even know about that. It's just the vibe I'm picking up. It's really good. Well, they did add a few inches to my penis <laughs> while they were down there. There was about five people looking at my penis and scrotum for about three hours in a hospital. <laughs> no, but I want to say for I don't know how I stumbled upon it, but uh, going back to goddamn Twitter again, mm. I saw like hardcore American conservatives saying that you're not a real man. If you get a vasectomy, it's like, that's they were, dumb. It was so fucked up. Like I'm, I'm so sick of these people and their goddamn moronic, stupid ass fucking brains. Yeah. Yeah. Your vas um, deck friends, your choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I'd say go for the vasectomy. Ennis. I'd say weird for the zoom call. <laughs> But go for the vasectomy and party, dude. Can I say one thing? Afterwards. After about two weeks, you can party forever. I think you should party forever, Ennis. But I will say, if you're going to talk about it with your grandmother, aunt, and father, you got to bring them to the hospital to watch the operation, too. (laughs) Got to follow through. You know what? I think I find Ennis... Getting a vasectomy hmm. should be like... Sorry, it's like, you know when um, you kill someone on death row with the electric chair and the people get to watch from that room? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It should be like that, but your legs are open towards the window of the people seated, like your family members. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, James, I I cut you off. No, not at all. Um, I I know Ennis to be uh, uh, extremely honest and uh, upfront and frank. In a good way. So I'm going to say way cool because I think it's true to who he is. He's a very frank, honest person. But I I also, Mike, do hear your argument that it is a little weird, maybe, to tell your Turkish grandma that you're having your nutsack uh, cut into. I see both. Your point is good too, James. Yes, Mm. I agree. So it's cool and weird at the same time. I don't think I ever... I don't think I ever talked to my aunt or my grandmother about the quality of my jizz. (laughs) Beep beep. <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we should let you know that we have a Patreon account. You can go to patreon.com slash evil men. And if you sign up for the Evil Men Patreon, you get at least two bonus episodes a month. You get access to our Discord, where we have a topic suggestion section and a way, weird way cool or whatever section uh, that we and we love to chat with you on there. You can hear a bonus episode from Sunday. Mike and I got in a fight about cookies that is only available to Patreon subscribers, but we're yeah. over it. We're going to be nicer to each other now, but yes, it's worth it listening was, to. You got to check it out. It was, yeah. it's a very good, real fight. I, I recommend, I recommend listening. So siblings fight with each other. That's right. And they love each other so much. That's Remember right. that. Mike and I love each other so much that we, <laughs> we want to kill each other. We, no one ever fights with me. Oh, that's, fuck. That's Do you ever feel season, jealous? Season yeah, three. I'm jealous of, I'm jealous of yours and Mike's love for sure. And the fighting? Yeah, because that just means how much you, <laughs> you know, you're well, Chris, like brothers. Right. We should try and find a guest for uh, an episode 
for you to fight with. We'll find someone mm. for you to clash with on the topic <laughs> of your choice. <laughs> That'd be great. Check it out. Patreon.com slash evil men. So this, yeah, this topic came from our discord. I believe from listener Lisa. It might have been someone else as well, but I, I'm pretty sure it might have been. Yeah, Lisa, Chris- Lisa was driving mm. me nuts, <laughs> asking me to do this topic forever on my ass. Well, okay. here you go, Lisa. I'm doing this topic for you. Now you can stop <laughs> ragging my ass to do this topic. <laughs> so, Chris, okay. what, the, so what the hell is the topic? <laughs> It is true. She sent me a few messages over and over again about doing this topic, but also because it's a good one and it's something that I'm into as well and kind of has a theme. Like if you go on the Discord, we got a book section there and I kind of dip in and out of this book called Magic Mountain by Thomas Mann. What? And so does... I, I can do this. Okay, I am fighting with you. <laughs> you guys can't see, but Mike's always laughing at me when I'm doing my intro for my guy. That's why I fought with Mike, too. This guy loves to laugh. Derisive laughter. Look it up. Laughter is Derisive. Love. I can love. do this. God. Oh, great. Now we're brothers that love each other. Good to know. <laughs> oh, great. Another brother. Mike loves life too much. Yeah. He just and he loves life. Mike loves life so much that anytime his friends do something, he laughs derisively in their face. (laughs) Okay. Well, how do you want me to do it? How's the right way to do this? Chris, you're doing wonderfully. We support you. And I'm, I'm really excited for this. The book that Lisa and I were talking about in the Discord is called Magic Mountain by Thomas Mann. And it takes place in a sanitarium up in the mountains somewhere and and the and the themes are very similar to the topic uh this week it's John Harvey Kellogg okay oh, so you the flakes, uh, man. so yes you associate the name Kellogg with <clears throat> cornflakes and cereal mm-hmm. and also Blueberry. he ran a he ran a giant popular very popular sanitarium where um uh, well-off people would go and take the cure, as it was called, and rest up and 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 do that. So yeah, it's John I'm Harvey excited. Kellogg. Do you think, I, Chris? I, I, mm. oh, I was going to say the Kellogg Sanitarium. Is that the sanitarium that they're talking about in the Metallica song Sanitarium? <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, I think that's where Cliff Burton went for a while when he needed to take a shit. He hung out with <laughs> with the uh, Snap, Crackle, and Pop guys. Sanitarium. <laughs> the Snap, Crackle, and Pop guys. Were they elves? <laughs> I think they're humans, aren't they? They're oh, elves that they come elves. out of your ass and go, your colon is clean. <laughs> <laughs> is Tony the Tiger an elf? Or is he a uh, man? <laughs> it it says Snap, Tiger in his name. Did Snap, Crackle, and Pop have like romantic partners or wives? Like two or of them were married, or... one was a widower. <laughs> Wait, who? Oh, yeah. Snap, Crackle, and Pop. I'm looking yeah, them up. I think it was like Pop's 
wife died during childbirth <laughs> and Crackle's <laughs> wife died crossing the street with her children, a bus hit them. Yeah. And Snap was a bachelor like Ennis who got a vasectomy. <laughs> That was a really weird uh, cover for a while on that. Like there was the box of snack, snap crackle and pop rice krispies. And it mm. showed him getting a vasectomy. Uh, and the two other men grieving. Yeah. And the doctor who was operating on his scrotum was <clears throat> saying in a thought bubble, snap crackle and pop as he's cut, the, <laughs> as he performed the vasectomy. Yeah. Wasn't very app- appetizing, I have to say. But that was also when they made rice krispies in the shape of testicles. <laughs> that would just pour out of the box into your yeah, You're supposed to pretend they're Crackle's nutsack. <laughs> Snap, crackle, pop, Rice Krispies, never have a kid. <laughs> um, so, the, yeah, the, well, do you want to uh, know Kellogg about The guy yeah. is, uh, th- that's what the movie Road to Wellville was based on, right? I remember watching that in the 90s. There's a lot of connections there. The... Uh, the uh, I'll get to it later, but yeah, <clears throat> the Road to Wellville is uh, loosely based on John Harvey Kellogg. So if you've seen mm-hmm. that movie, which is a, I think it's a pretty fun movie. And I, Ferris I really Bueller like, plays him, right? Ferris Bueller plays Kellogg. No, Ferris Bueller <clears throat> plays a, a client oh. or like a patient that goes because his wife wants to go. It's Anthony Hopkins who plays JHK. Yeah, but I'll tell you a bit about John Harvey here. His parents were devout farmers. They were Millerites. Have you guys ever heard of Millerites? No. Uh, Millerites were uh, run by a Baptist minister named William Miller, and they believed in the second coming of Christ, and he was coming. Millerites believed that uh, the second coming of Christ was going to be in 1843. So they were all psyched for that. They... they, uh, sat around uh, in the bleachers eating popcorn, waiting for Christ to come back. <laughs> Darn it. He didn't come back. Oh, then they go, oh, you know what? I meant 1844. My calculations were wrong. Oh, honestly, then, Yeah, you know. Then uh, 1844 comes along. They're sitting there with their popcorn and their Diet Cokes, uh, kind of like the people in the theater watching Twister, Mike. And uh, except imagine no twister screens. Darn it. He didn't come back again in 1844. So this kind of splinters the Millerites and they go off and they start uh, a, a people called the Seventh Day Adventists. Have you heard of those guys? Oh, yeah. I think I have. So they're like uh, Ellen Harmon White was a co-founder of the Seventh Day uh, Adventists and they were very... Um, they kind of believe that Christ did come, but some people missed it or something. I don't know. It's stupid. But anyways, so uh, they, yeah, John Harvey Kellogg's family became Seventh-day Adventist. He was one child out of 16 siblings. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, 16. That's too much. His father should have got a vasectomy at some point. Yeah, 16 MFN children. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least John Harvey, the pullout method. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Six of the children eventually like died. Um, oh. not, not eventually as in like, I think they died as children. <laughs> <laughs> right, but anyways, everybody eventually dies. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone that I'm talking about 
today eventually died. It's so sad. Uh, <laughs> so John Harvey <clears throat> Kellogg, um, he, he was really like they they saw a lot of potential with him at a young age in the uh, Seventh Day Adventists uh, religion. And uh, they got him to to learn this printing aid that they used to help spread the Seventh Day Word, and he became the editor of their magazine while he was still a teenager. And uh, Seventh Day Adventists they have a strong emphasis on health: don't smoke, don't do alcohol, uh, you know, abstain from sex, don't eat unclean meats. Some of them are even full on vegetarians. Um, taking care of your physical form is the best way to get close to God. That's what they believe. So, you know, all that, even some of them were like, even spicy food is bad. And now it's like, (laughs) right. Hold on a second. It displeases God to eat uh, jerk chicken. (laughs) Yeah. God hates Frank's red hot. (laughs) Trying to turn it into like, yeah. Yeah. Who dare shall squirt Sri Racha upon your <laughs> rice? Yeah. Um, no, I'm not saying God hates it because spicy food gives me diarrhea. God just happens to hate it, and it also gives me diarrhea. Yeah. Doesn't it give you diarrhea? It doesn't? Well, trust me. It's evil. It must be possessed by the devil in that case. <laughs> yeah. Let me look in your asshole. Is the devil in there? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Scariest thing I've ever done is look at someone's asshole and the devil. Uh, the greatest trick the devil ever played <laughs> was hiding in someone's asshole and saying boo once they looked in. Uh, so, yeah, John Harvey Kellogg was uh, pretty smart. He, he uh, was into health and obsessed about cleanliness and, you know, the... Uh, the Seventh-day Adventists, like uh, religion and stuff. And he wanted to combine Seventh-day Adventism, spiritualism with actual critical thinking doctors. And uh, they helped him go to uh, the medical school and he received his MD from Bellevue Hospital Medical College in New York City. And he there he also created a monthly periodical called Good Health, which he was the editor of for, I think, decades, for a long time. Um, so we quickly get to the Battle Creek Did, Sanitarium. Oh, can yeah. I ask a question, Chris? Mm-hmm. When he was going to medical school, is that where he first met Tony the Tiger? <laughs> well, he, yeah, he passed uh, Tony the Tiger at a few parties, like casually, like they it got introduced and stuff. But yeah, it's what's interesting is he didn't know then how much their lives would impact each other later on. Wow. It's yeah. Wow. So like he was like, yeah. So casually he'd be like, yeah, I know Tony the Tiger, but like it never, yeah, they never did business it, together until later on. Is that where he also met Toucan Sam? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because I know he's from New York yeah. too. Yeah, they were all socialites, kind of like Great Gatsby style. I think that's and, the thing. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, picture like one of Gatsby's great. Raging parties and like, yeah. Yeah, you got a all the, Toucan Sam's there, drinking champagne, you know, flying around. Yeah, Frankenberry's drunk in the bathroom, <laughs> passed out in the bathtub. <laughs> Tony the Tiger mauled a innocent bystander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they covered it up. It was pretty brutal. Mm. Um, So he became the superintendent of this health facility called the Western Health Reform Institute. 
which was soon later renamed the Battle Creek Sanitarium. For the next few decades, John and his brother, Will Keith Kellogg, oversaw the running of the facility. Um, and yeah, so uh, John Harvey Kellogg had like the this stink. You've probably seen images of like Anthony Hopkins as him from the movie. And, but he had the, like the distinct white mustache goatee. And uh, you would usually see him around the sanitarium riding a bike in a pitch white suit with white shoes. And funny enough that you mentioned Toucan Sam, Mike, but he would have a white cockatoo on his shoulder accompanying him everywhere he went and be riding his bike, dictating uh, his ideas uh, to someone running behind him. And that someone running behind him was his brother, Will Keith. Basically a younger brother. He was under the thumb of uh, John Harvey for a long time doing all his dirty work. Sometimes he'd even go into like the bathroom and be you know, in there forever taking a dump and he'd be dictating his notes to his brother who would stand outside. From what I understand, the limited amount that I know about um, Lee Harvey Oswald or whatever his name is, John (laughs) Harvey Kellogg, he was like obsessed with feces and like how, like you could tell how healthy someone was by like their stool. Like he had like poo on the brain. He was completely obsessed with people having a clean colon. Yes. Hmm. And some of the practices that happen in the sanitarium, which we are about to get to, are obsessed with cleaning out that damn colon. You're right. Um, he it's thought so interesting. He, wanted, he didn't want any toxins sticking up there. Yeah. It's so interesting, like like we talked about with um, L. Ron Hubbard and Dianetics too, like these kind of early days self-help things that may may I don't know how scientific the Kellogg thing was but the uh, Dianetics wasn't at all but it's interesting that you know just like now people you know self self-help and um, uh, sort of unorthodox health stuff is very popular and it's it's just interesting that it was then as well you know people really want to really want to find like a new way that a new thing that's going to change your body, make you healthier, make you happier. And it, that's beyond just the regular, Hey, you get exercise and you eat well and whatever. Well, I was listening to this podcast the other day about this and uh, it was interesting because they compared him sort of like in modern times, like Dr. Oz and like Deepak Chopra are sort of similar in the sense that, They've genuinely got bona fide credits as doctors, like, but they're open to, and sometimes detrimentally, obviously, to new far out ideas. So it's like this combination of like, yeah, like they actually have credentials, but then, mm-hmm. yeah, want to push themselves further to find out there treatments, et cetera, Mm -hmm. that can cure things. And I'm not even sneering at that. Like I do that too. Totally. I've looked up stuff for my stomach and you know, it's like, yeah, it's, but it's just, yeah. Interesting. No, I, I totally rub a raw onion on my asshole. So raccoons don't (laughs) sniff it while I'm sleeping. <laughs> you know, I put garlic on my pee pee hole. I rub it so that, you know, squirrels don't come in my window at night and nibble on my dinky. 
<laughs> well, I, I, there's this family that got like, I guess I brought this up on an episode before. I think we were talking about the Alex Jones conspiracy shit and I was like in a, all tired and in a bad mood, but I think it's when I'm, but there's that family that like their kid actually died because they tried to treat uh, whatever sickness it had now, I forget, with like feeding it raw peppers. Right. Oh, yeah. So it's like, yeah. you know what? You sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's like, okay, fuck you. Too much. You got to, yeah, don't dismiss science. But entirely. I agree with you. It's like, yeah, you can kind of, you know, try <clears throat> some stuff, try some stuff. But that's what he mm-hmm. was like. But you're, and you're also right, Mike, too, obsessed with the colon. But the sanitarium had like, major uh, guest too. Like he kind of had to be well off to obviously take time off and just live at a sanitarium for a while. Some special, uh, some famous guests included John D Rockefeller, president, William Harding, Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, Booker T Washington, and Amelia Earhart, who would come and take the cure as it was called before taking big flights. Wow. Um, the actual so you want to high profile, it, yeah. the, the wealthiest, most high profile people. It's it was good to take a nice big dump before flying over the ocean if you're well, Amelia that's Earhart. That's true. You know? <laughs> yeah, clean out my ass, please. I don't want to shit in my plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was completely like. Yeah, it wasn't like on the fringe or anything. Like what we're saying, like with fringe science, it it wasn't thought of like that at the time. It was like this is this is a wonderful place to go and relax and clean yourself out, and get healthy. It sounds like the uh, Goop cruise, like where you have to it's pay a ton of, of money. I think you know what? Yeah, I was talking about the this guy with um, with uh, Kathleen the other night, and she totally was like, "This is Goop City." Um, his diet too was very like se- Seventh Day Adventism based. Uh, his guests couldn't drink alcohol, smoke, uh, eat meat. It was mostly vegetarian oats. He was obsessed with like oats and grains. Um, so it was it was like that too. No sex. He hated sex. Hated really? masturbation. Oh, so it was yeah, like a mix he- of like health with like extreme like evangelical Christianity. Of like, yeah, yeah. yeah. A hundred percent. And like, I think it's really funny what, what, what's that someone who came from a family, bad. he thought, he claimed that masturbation could cause anything from like, uh, cancer to like a bad back. But also like blindness <laughs> so, and stuff. Like it's always been but, a religious thing where it's like, it's yeah. the youthful yeah. energy and, you know. But I mean, but what, I think so it's so his, funny that a guy coming from a family with 16 like 15 siblings yeah. being like, I hate sex. <laughs> like, no wonder you hate sex, you idiot. Like, you got, you were like a one runt in a litter, you know? Also, answer me yeah. this, John Kellogg. So what? If I masturbate, it's going to do harm to my body. But if I get a hand job from Shelly, that's not giving harm to my body. How does my body know whose hand it is? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Or even a vagina. How does it, what, what's the difference between, you know what I mean? He thought people shouldn't have sex unless it was for the point of procreation. So Ennis would hate mm-hmm. being at this sanitarium. That makes sense too, because <laughs> Tony the Tiger's original catchphrase was, they're great. Also, never masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Now, let me tell you a bit about this sanitarium, though, because it does sound like a wonderful place. Like when you went in there, I'd love it was to go. Gi- it was massive. Um, there was a 15 story tower that housed like 115,000 bedrooms in the whole sanitarium. There was indoor gardens. There were four or five acres alone of marble floors. And he loved marble everything because he thought, you know, no germs or anything could live in marble, you know? So it was like Mm -hmm. very sanitary. Uh, He had baths the size of football fields. So think of a room the size of a football field that's just for bathing with – I would love to take a bath with all my friends. I'd love to take a bath with hmm. J.D. Rockefeller and talk about our colons <laughs> and uh, have a nice time. Could you have imagine trying bath? to talk to J.D. Rockefeller in a giant bath and him going, huh? I can't come further down the bath towards me because I it's said, so big. How have you been shitting? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. And it was the, the the sanitarium's chock full of orderlies, doctors, masseuses, nurses, and John Harvey Kellogg. So he's the head of all of this massive, uh, just plantation of health, basically. Um, and it was outfitted with all the latest equipment uh, you would need to get your patients in shape. But here we go. Treatments were a bit dot 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 bizarre, eh? How mm. <laughs> so? <laughs> that should be a new TV show hosted by Chris Locke. Bizarre, eh? And it's like weird facts. I would love that. I would love that. God, we're pitching so many great ideas this episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So what are his bizarre things? We need to stiff the. We need to stiff more members of CBC with our drink bill. <laughs> After this, it's a good idea. Um, there's a room called. Sanctum Santorum, and this room was full of machines that blasted water up your ass. Sometimes four gallons of freaking water. That's too much water. Um, and uh, apparently the patients would go, thank you, John Harvey Kellogg. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, so he would also give yogurt enemas. So he would take a Ew. quart of yogurt Feed you half of it through your mouth, then shove the other half up your ass with a tube. Really? Yeah. Are you going to try that, James? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know how much oh. that works. I don't like this. Uh, that visual is really upsetting me. Well, if, if yogurt up someone's ass. Well, if like yogurt comes out of your ass after it's been shoved up there, how do you know that it helped? I don't know. Um, he had this chair that I thought was really funny that you sit in it and it shakes you <clears throat> and slaps you with a paddle. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John Harvey Kellogg. Just being he, jostled this if, way and that. You know, in the 50s and 40s, they had those machines that where you'd sort of put your lean your bum up against a kind of um, uh, strap that would vibrate. You know, yeah, you he had that. that. Old, like he had yeah, all these. I was going to say, yeah. was that his uh, his sort of? Thing. I don't know if that one was his invention, but he had all that stuff. Like everything that would yeah. shake you, like punch a machine that would punch the fat of your stomach. Um, yeah, Did he have a machine that would this bully way you then. and and call you names, <laughs> <laughs> call you ugly. Yeah, he yeah. Um, but he also Kellogg thought you were supposed to have four bowel movements a day. 
And oh my god! Yeah, he got this uh, research from watching apes. Yeah, four bowel four, movements. He recommended. Yeah, four. You should have four bowel movements a day, like an ape. Um, also, guys, don't you think if I'm going to have a yogurt enema, at least make it fruit on the bottom, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Blueberry or something? Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, one thing that I, I also wanted to say is everything was marble, like I said, because he didn't think germs could stick to it and stuff. But wouldn't you love to live in a marble palace with your friends, like the three of us living together in a marble palace? That would be cool. Marble is very hard, though. You know, if we tripped, right, it'd be easy right. to break a wine glass. Yes. Do you, but it do would think, be cool. Do you think I should live in a marble palace with you guys and leave my <laughs> wife and children? Yeah. We could just <laughs> bathe and shit all day and have, <laughs> shoot yogurt up our asses. And I'm yeah. seriously, I'm genuinely not joking. I'm really, I know that we've had a few, I think it's, I'm inspired by the iced teas tweet or something, but I'm, I'm really hustling in my mind today. And I genuinely think we should use our Patreon money to build an evil men themed sanitarium. I'm right with you. I agree. Yeah. Nice. Um, so here's one of his crazy contraptions that uh, you guys will be interested in. He invented the electric light bath. Okay. Um, so it sounds pretty much like what it is. You get in a box full of lights and everything's covered except for your head and lights shine on your body. So there's no water. It's just uh, a, literally a bath of light. This one's light. Light mm-hmm. bath. You're bathing in light. And then yeah. the lead singer of Electric Light Bath went on to form the Traveling Wilburys. <laughs> <laughs> the Traveling Bathberries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, apparently the yogurt enema was really excellent at getting rid of uh, Wilburys in your ass. <laughs> damn that's a good joke (laughs) um it was thought to cure syphilis depression and more Hmm. he would also use electricity to try and cure tuberculosis and lead poisoning and he would sometimes even electrocute people's eyeballs to treat ocular disorders okay so he's just throwing right? everything at the wall, seeing what sticks, what works, you know. Yeah. He's making people shit four times a day with enemas and electrocuting them. Yeah. Now, doctor, wow. I, I love How you, you feeling? How <laughs> you feeling, Henry Ford? To, to be honest, uh, Dr. Kellogg, I love that you squirt yogurt up my ass and that you make me shit four times a day, but I don't like when you electrocute my eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> and I also love the cereal. <laughs> Um, he made the electric machine himself using like an old telephone or something. Wow. So, you know, he's got hobbies. Was anyone ever injured during any of these, uh, uh, questionable sort of, uh, treatments? The funny thing is, is like, I did tons of research on him, like different YouTube videos, articles, podcasts, and... I never once heard about like him being sued or anybody. Yeah. So I don't know. So yeah, everything seems like the patients put up with it, but it is when it came to the electrocuting the 
eyeballs, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. eyeball, you fucked up the eye with the electricity. It's got to be, right? But I never heard any boo about it. So I don't know. I guess it was like a mini zap. I have no clue. I wish I wish medicine was that simple that all you had to do to fix stuff was just shoot a bit of electricity in it and it's fine. They really did like, think that for a long time. Yeah. The benefit of electricity, right? Electroshock therapy. Yeah. You got to tell you, know? you got to There's no way this guy wasn't shooting electric bolts up everyone's fucking asshole as well. He couldn't couldn't hmm. keep out of the ass. Yeah. I know he's obsessed with it. He didn't want you to have sex and he wanted to live in your clean ass. <laughs> Uh, after he took over the sanitarium or the San, as it was sometimes called, um, so they went from treating 300 patients to 1,200, and it just like took off. Um, he had uh, he had various baths, like regular baths and the light bath, like I said. But here's another one. He had one called the continuous bath, and the continuous bath he would prescribe to patients who say, had chronic diarrhea or mental illness. And they would have to stay in the bath for days and days. Oh, that'll make you Can you imagine a mentally ill person sharing a bath for days with someone who has diarrhea? (laughs) Taking the cure. Uh, Should we be in separate... uh... (laughs) I'm fine. I just have a bit of diarrhea. Do I have to be in here with Rudy? (laughs) Hello, I know Mr. that I think that I'm three different people, but this guy's <laughs> shit is getting closer and closer. <laughs> uh, Mr. Ford, I hope you don't mind, but uh, yeah, I've got a real <laughs> nasty stomach bug. You know what? Uh, this guy's terrible diarrhea that keeps drifting closer and closer to me doesn't help with my paranoia. <laughs> um. Yes, like I said, Kellogg hated masturbation. He despised it. He called it the solitary vice. He believed masturbation led to heart disease, insanity, cancer, and a bad back, which I kind of said already, but I'm going over different notes now. But do you get, even unscientifically, how could you believe that? It doesn't make sense. Why would it be different than sex? Yeah. It's just a different thing rubbing your penis. I mean, everything's bad for your back the older you get. (laughs) James, I would have loved to have seen you debate uh, Mr. Kellogg about like, I I could have debated him. The right to masturbate. And it's like, it could be like on. It just doesn't make sense. Pay per view. How does your penis know the difference between a vagina rubbing it or your hand? I get what you're saying. I challenge you, Mr. Kellogg. I I get what you're saying. It's like. You're not going to get these diseases from using sex for procreation. Yeah. So why would you're going you to get, get them any other time? Like, yeah. From masturbating? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, everybody was not. a fool until like a few years ago. Yeah, I think it has its origin in the Bible or like whatever, like onanism, like self-love. But is that and why like, Kellogg? Because yeah. it feels oh, right. like Kellogg isn't just just coming at it from a religious place. It feels like he's sort of trying to be scientific about this, you know? So he, I, know, I will just that say, it's morally wrong. Like it physically. Anyway. Yeah, I think, I think honestly, the uh, the hardcore religion like burned his brain since day mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, being basically like, you know, um, 
a prized child of the Seventh Day Adventists since he was a youth. I think his brain was just broken in that regard. But right. scientifically, he was open uh, to different things. Like he was a oh God, I forget his name, but there was this advisor, like this health advisor back then that said, you know, he was like the God of mastication. Like everybody, you know, mm. you know, chew your food 40 times until it's basically a liquid. Apparently Kellogg was a huge proponent for that for a long time, but then realized once you've ground every morsel down to nothing, you're kind of losing the benefits of the fiber once you swallow it. So he changed his stance on that. So he was weirdly open-minded in regards to certain health things. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like the sex stuff especially is like, I think it's personal, his own personal dementation <laughs> and connected to the religion. But yeah, hmm. so I brought back up the masturbation stuff again because um, it got, this is where it starts getting actually fucked after what we were just talking about. Uh, so he was a huge proponent for boys being circumcised without anesthetic. Yowza. And uh, this was because he wanted the trauma and pain of feeling that to remind boys, like to just think of their penis as that memory of hell pain. You see what I'm saying? And, so he and wanted sometimes to associate he would even, like sex and pleasure with penis like bad. pain and yeah. misery. Yeah. Yeah. Penis equals pain. Yes. And yeah. horror. And he would sometimes sew the foreskin shut of a person's oh. penis, or he would put a like a metal ring around it and like electrocute the dickhead. Of what? course. It's like yeah. a war concert. <laughs> or, you know, those like penis cages that are now like popular in like fetishes. Yeah. Uh, he like, he would put that on for not, I mean, I'm not into that fetish, but I guess some people like it, but he would not put it on for that purpose. He'd put it on mm -hmm. so you, that you couldn't touch your penis and be in a cage. Yeah. He, he probably was like, if he let himself go a little bit a fetish, you know, person with these sort of like. I'm going to say he's got a problem. He's got a fixation on the asshole. <laughs> and apparently dicks too. Yeah. Dicks suck. Assholes rule. <laughs> um, but here's another, here's where it gets for sure. He's on the evil ometer. Um, okay. For women uh, to discourage them from masturbation, he would sometimes put carbolic acid on the clitoris or oh have it God. removed altogether. No way. So for our female listeners, I apologize about that, but that is he, he, fucked up. He would do that to people who came into his sanatorium or whatever. He'd, yeah, and, um, I, and and here's another thing. He, he married his wife, right? Uh, and they never had sex. Never. He never consummated the marriage, never had kids, but adopted... Or fostered at least over 40 children. Um, and Gosh. so I feel like from like listening between the lines of like the stuff I was watching about him, I think he fucking experimented these beliefs on on people on God. top of on top of like you know doing it at the sanitarium. That's really horrible. That's definitely the first point in this episode where i've gone from like he's just kind of a funny idiot to like oh 
It's really, really dark. The more I tell you, you will realize it goes beyond wacky. Damn. <laughs> yeah. He was extreme when it came to sex and abstinence. But let's take a quick a breather and talk about breakfast. Ooh, mm, I'm hungry. I'd like a bowl of, of Kellogg's. So he's obsessed with nuts, grains, and all that fucking shit. And... Uh, <laughs> um. So Kellogg and his brother, Will, were around when breakfasts were at their most unhealthiest. Breakfast back then was basically leftover meats and potatoes reheated in pans with the congealed fats. Um, maybe you'd cook some oatmeal, but it was mostly just like leftover dinner. People didn't think it was that important. Grain-based foods weren't as regular. In 1888, Walt Whitman wrote that indigestion was the great American evil. In fact, gastrointestinal stress was so common, they used the word dyspepsia to describe it. I'm sure you guys have heard of that. So dyspepsia was a big thing around this time too. So that also could have maybe funded his, uh, fueled his uh, obsession with uh, gut health. So anyways, the brothers created something called protos, which was like a proto veggie burger made out of nuts and such. It's like he, he thought protein was really important. And so the first thing they invented was called protos. Then the brothers created granula, which is like uh, um, uh, another. Granola? Uh, it's, yeah, it's basically I was going to say proto again, but it is like proto granola. It's like they he, they would make these like oat bars and, and, and wheat like grain bars and then break them up into, yeah, basically granola. But this other inventor, they were kind of doing what other people were inventing all around the same time. You know, that kind of thing where everyone's getting the same idea around the same time. So they're not the total inventors of any of this stuff. They're kind of like also keeping an eye on competitors and stuff. And someone already had the name granula and sued them. So they had to ditch that and they had the rights to it. Uh, the Kellogg brothers um, like I said, weren't the first to invent cereals. They were basically copying what other people were already putting out there. Um, oh, here it is. Kellogg's granula were bars of cornmeal and oatmeal baked and then ground up, which later became granola. Um, there's a legend they created cornflakes by accident when they left wheat berry dough out overnight and it became crunchy and their flakes they broke it up into flakes and it became a hit with the patients at the sand. So there you go. Um, Kellogg let his brother will handle the marketing of their foods. He was like, will was basically a natural born businessman while uh, John Harvey's attention was mostly on the sanitarium and stuff. Um, so yeah, so he let him handle the marketing. Um, debts were mounting at the sanitarium the Adventists thought the practices were getting away from uh, their teachings. Will Keith Kellogg wanted to add sugar to the flakes uh, to get more customers into the cereal business. And um, as uh, John Harvey was against adding sugar to anything, sugar was a poison in his mind. So this really, amongst a few other things, split the brothers and they actually spent the greater half of a decade like suing each other um, for the company's name. And they were trying to like own the cereal. Finally, Will won. Because of sugar. Became the, yeah. Wow. Sugar and like, yeah, business practices differing in general just because of, yeah, 
John Harvey's like extremism, I think. And also I think Will was like finally, like clearly had the business acumen and was finally done being bullied by his older brother, basically. So he got the, the company and Kellogg blew up worldwide and is the cereal company that we know and love today. To be honest, I actually had cornflakes today, but they were the compliments brand, not Kellogg's. <laughs> so if you're in Canada, you know the compliments brand. They're I wonder good. if that... They're pretty good too. <laughs> I wonder if that split off is part of why we don't necessarily have this terrible association with Kellogg's because it's from the other brother. Yeah, more he so was than more the of like the like original. John Harvey was obsessed with the health and the oats and the grains and the nutrition and all that for sure, and mm-hmm. like you know was involved. But but Will was always you know yeah doing the work of that aspect hmm. of it. So interesting. If we got hardcore Kellogg's company fans listening, yeah, that will make you feel a bit better. <laughs> Will took the business. <laughs> will took the business and cleaned it up, and John Harvey just kept getting crazier and fucking crazier. Um, so yeah, so yeah, he, it was originally called the Battle Creek Toasted Flake cereal for a bit too. <laughs> um, classic Remus and Romulus like tale. Um, one of Kellogg's also recurring patients was Charles William Post. Now, does oh. the last name Post sound familiar to you guys? I'm it thinking does. of Sugar Crisp. I'm thinking of um, Lucky Charm. Mm. Yep. He was the inventor of Post cereals, and his first big hit cereal was Grape Nuts. Um, so there you go. A lot of uh, brainstorming was happening at the sanitarium for healthy breakfasts. Golden Age of Cereal. Um, this is a funny aside. Because Kellogg was so strict about no smoking, no alcohol, and strict vegetarian diet, a sharp entrepreneur set up a tavern down the street called the Red Onion Tavern, where he served whiskey, steaks, and cigars. And so patients <laughs> would sneak out at night and be like, fuck <laughs> this shit. I think there is a bit of that in the Road to Wellville movie, too, where it shows all these guys being like, ah, oh, like smoking cigars and relaxing. And, <laughs> and uh, the, the owner would promise them they'd get back. Uh, out the door in time to beat the sanitarium's curfew. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's funny. Um, Yeah. I already mentioned his wife and the foster kids. Um, Yeah. He spent a lot of time when he was, uh, he he, he did know how to, like he studied surgeries and he did know how to do surgeries. And in his life, he performed about thousands of surgeries. Um. Then he served on the Michigan State Board of Health and wrote over 50 books on health. And they're all like, uh, I heard they're public domain now too. So you can just Google them and read them and see a lot more of his uh, craziness and his obsessions. A brief history now, he, of the asshole. He just wrote a bunch of 50 books about <laughs> the colon, the anus. Yeah. Journey to the end of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, so that's all the funny, wacky, bizarre, and intense health stuff and sex stuff. Now we're going to make the evilometer flux um, rapidly um, towards the higher numbers here. He funded the uh, he funded the Race Betterment Foundation. He was a huge proponent for 
this race betterment society and a big fan of eugenics. Um, so even though some of the children Kellogg adopted were, were black, actually, he was a big believer in eugenics and maintaining the superiority of certain races by selective breeding. I think I know which race in particular he preferred. <laughs> we'll see. But Battle Creek Sanitarium was the center for the spread of eugenics throughout the early 20th century. So it was like the hub. Um, the, he strongly believed and devoted years of work to proving that excluding certain types of people from breeding would be for the better of humanity. While he was on the board of health, he called for the sterilization of mentally defective persons. So I'm telling you guys, if this was still around now, I would have been sterilized in my early 20s for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, They believe this led to the involuntary sterilization of 3,800 people in the state alone. Jesus. Uh, he preached that reducing the certain people would help reduce poverty, criminality, and what he called feeble-mindedness. Now, that's why I don't think I would make it, feeble-mindedness. Um, and yes, of course, he thought the superior race was the Caucasian one. And of course, this is before the horrible realization of the Nazi party. Now, I just want to say something. This is fucking dark, and I hate this shit. but. In a weird context, eugenics wasn't thought of like how we thought of it now. It was still fully at this time on the table as like, it's funny, like uh, when you look at history and you realize like it took Nazi Germany to just finally show uh, how far like people's misinterpretation of Nietzsche's ubermensch philosophy and like stuff like eugenics, like how far uh, bad that, that actually goes if you follow that path. Um, yeah. In 1914 and 1915, he held conferences on eugenics along with Charles Davenport, who was a huge uh, proponent for it. And they had guest speakers. And one of them was former patient Booker T. Washington, um, who was there to try and talk to attendees about, you know, warn them like, hey, all people should be treated equally, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sand was always a segregated facility, though. So that makes me feel like when Booker T. Washington was there, he was in his own section or something, which is fucked up to think of. Yeah. Um, uh Oh yeah, and what I saw sorry, this when was this roughly like 1914, 1915? Oh wow! One placard that I read that they had up at their 1915 conference said, uh, "Some people are born to be a burden on the rest." So think of that philosophy in like a bunch of rich white people's minds. Mm. I mean, clearly that bullshit still exists today and is getting out of hand again mm-hmm. in certain areas. But fuck, man. Anyways. So he proposed on a national level what he was doing in Michigan and even proposed that people should be tested and pedigreed and given awards for their upstanding hygiene and stuff. So he's fucking talking about people like dogs here. Um, now, here's another thing. Like I was just saying earlier, the the Nazi Germany made everybody realize like, hey, this is fucking psycho, right? Like this is like 
um, you know, th- this shit's gone too far. Also, before Nazi Germany, luckily the Great Depression took the wind out of eugenics as well because it showed that genetics had nothing to do with poverty and suffering, right? Like all of a sudden there's like triple times the amount of poor people walking around shuffling, suffering, being like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> you know, right. it's not in my yeah. genes to it's just not your be God-given superior. Right to be more prosperous. Yeah. So weirdly enough, luckily the depression like kiboshed a bunch of that fucking horseshit for a bit. And then obviously um, World War II Hitler was the fucking hilt. Um, Even with the Great Depression and the later horrors of Nazi Germany, eugenics practices and sterilizations were still actually being practiced until the 1970s. 70s, Jesus. Yeah, which really, really reminds me of your joke, Mike, about the... Uh, oh, the guillotine? The last hanging? The gu- no, no, the guillotine, yeah. right? Oh, right. Yeah, the last yeah. time France did it was 1977. <laughs> a guillotine person who had a... Your joke is a, it, the man getting his head chopped off may have had p- opinions on Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> and like wore bell bottoms and like... <laughs> <laughs> Good God. Up your, up your nose with a rubber hose. Yeah. But he died at the age of 91 years old of pneumonia. He told everyone he was going to live to 100. So he didn't Liar. fucking make that, did he? His colon must have been gone rotten. Did he die doing what he loved? Zapping an anus? <laughs> <laughs> he died shaking his index finger at his penis going, you... <laughs> And he was still in a feud with his brother when he died. And apparently he wrote this letter saying to his brother, like, apologizing for some of his behavior and hoping they could reconnect again because he was like, you know, dying. And I think his secretary or someone thought that he was above sending that letter. So she didn't. And then he died. And then his brother, when Will, when he was on his deathbed, finally received that letter and literally before he died was like why didn't anyone show me this sooner oh boy <laughs> i don't know why i'm laughing it's so dark but he turned damn, the camera dude. and said uh, just my luck <laughs> could i yeah could that not uh happen to me yeah. whatever the fuck damn so it got dark there for a bit um really evil but in a way, uh, I like the twist on Kellogg going, taking his health and religious ideas to a super obvious fucked up place that got yeah. a little out of hand. But luckily, that yeah. didn't get supported as much as the the glory days of his sanitarium. You can almost see his pathology starting in a more normal place, but things that are odd you know, and, and see it develop into the hellish place it ended up at. Yeah. It's crazy. It seems to be a cliche of these type of sort of like single minded obsessives. You know what I mean? Mm. It always goes to some sort of like, we must cleanse the human race. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty clearly rooted in kind of a religious like mike keeps mentioning like religious self-loathing and don't experience pleasure or happiness you know yeah it's really interesting great job chris that was excellent research i think thanks yeah this one was really uh exciting and like i said uh check out magic mountain too by thomas mann it's not about <laughs> kellogg but it's 
it's got some crazy uh, funky sanitarium stuff happening around the same like the late 19th century it's pretty interesting and check out magic mike as well it's not related but it's just a great movie <laughs> <laughs> well i mean there's a specimen of some pretty oh perfect yeah. looking dudes <laughs> they're eating right they're shitting nice i can say that very nice but show yeah, us your work. assholes <laughs> nice work chris um, Thanks. Well, I guess um, we're all here in our big bathtub, and the only thing we can do right now is bring in the evilometer. Oh, and look at the evilometer! He's he's wearing a white lab coat. He's got a white cockatoo cockatiel. How do you say the name on his shoulder? I think, yeah, cockatoo. Uh, That's a cockatiel. Oh, he's got three little. What are those? Oh, he's saying that he has three little um, uh, jars where he wants. Stool samples, one from each of us. Evilometer. I guess we'll do it after we finish recording, you guys. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Well, what score do we give John Kellogg? I'll Hmm. I'll give him. I'll give him a six. uh, Myself. Hmm. He sounds like he was like Doctor Oz. I mean, the medicine was still not. It was like uh, it's sort of in the Stone Age in comparison, but he was like half trained doctor and half like uh, snake oil salesman. Religious lunatic? Yeah, yeah. And religious lunatic. Uh, just trying crazy stuff that wasn't based in fact. And then the eugenics thing is uh, is not good. And uh, he was obsessed with the, the asshole. Uh, I do think it's funny though that in the end, we grew up thinking of the name Kellogg uh, associating it with just like sugar, frosted flakes, you know, Rice Krispies, yeah. um, kids characters, so, kids characters, and marshmallows. Mm-hmm. Whereas he, that must just like he must be in hell, going like, no, no, you know. <laughs> so I'm gonna give him a six. Very good. You know, Mike, this might be the first time ever. I think I'm gonna give a higher score than you. Whoa! I think I'm giving him a. 7.1. It's really high for someone who didn't kill anybody probably, but to me it's it's the mutilation. Oh my god, it makes me sick. Yeah, I don't like what that a either. Horrible. <laughs> well, you didn't mention it. Um, <laughs> I forgot. I think he's <laughs> horrible, horrible, horrible stuff. And you know, up to then, like we said, it was it's kind of funny. Like, I mean, it's weird that he thinks you got to you know, his obsession with getting all the poo out of your butt, but it was funny at that point. But at that point, it crosses a line. And then, of course, eugenics, too. Yeah, 7.2. Okay. For me. I'm actually going eight. Um, Ooh, whoa. Yeah. And, like, it's weird because the idea of a sanitarium, I love. And the and and also doing this research, I was re-inspired. Like, I, you know... I got some health issues that I got to be mindful of myself. And so it made me be like, oh yeah, maybe I've made some, uh, I can cut back on some of the, I've been letting things slide lately. And so it kind of re-inspired me to be health conscious again a bit more. And uh, I like that aspect of this world. And I'm such a sucker for like, late Victorian into early Edwardian history. I think it's such a funny ass, bizarre, crazy time for, for, uh, Western. Yeah. Like humans at that time. But 
the eugenics it's like man i fucking hate that shit so much obviously it's like it's not just personal it's like most people reasonable people understand what a psychotic thing that is it's so evil and so cruel and like you said like the mutilation and stuff i just think that i'm giving him an eight because even though he may have had good intentions in his mind and think of himself as like a scientist. It's just too dangerous. He's just, it's too dangerous. I hate that shit. So yeah, I would say even on un, unaware unto himself, he was evil. Damn. Damn dude. Take Harsh that. words, but I think appropriate. And I'm glad his brother took the cereal and ran with it. Put sugar and marshmallows. Are you guys cere- cereal eaters? Do you guys like cereal? I never buy it. I, ne- I don't usually eat it. I'll have gr- yeah. I'll have oatmeal, but that's like the only. It's not really. Yeah, cereal. I like a cereal sometimes for dessert, like end of the night. You know, a sweet cereal. It's kind of. Fun. You know what? There's this cereal called Alpen, which is very. Oh, yeah. It's like forty four percent fiber, <laughs> and if you eat that at night instead of in the morning, <laughs> it's way better because it's in your system digesting. You wake up and go hello. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> Hello, goodbye. <laughs> Hello, my poopy. Goodbye, my poopy. <laughs> well, great, amazing episode, Chris. I really like that one. Thanks. Um, Chris, we should mention before we, we go, uh, you're in Montreal this weekend. Yeah. Any Montreal listeners, Tim, Gilbert, and I on Saturday at 7 p.m. at Theatre St. Catherine are doing our two Draculas shtick. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah, funny. Excellent. If you've never seen it, do yourselves a favor, Montreal. Go see the two Draculas. Or I guess as they'd call it, Le Deuxième Dracul. <laughs> and we're gonna be having uh, we're gonna be like having such fibrous diets, so we're gonna be in great shape. Perfect. Yeah, that's good. That'll be good to know. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to mention, um, I really thought that was fun reading listener submitted weird way cool or whatever's. So submit any on the Discord, or if you're not on the Discord. You could DM me and I'll I'll try to see it. Nice. Michael, anything for you? Well, um I'm doing I'm gonna be watching season three of Happy Valley soon. Okay, excellent. So we'll look out for Michael doing that. And uh yeah, I guess that wraps it up. All right, guys. That was another great episode of This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!